Today's episode is brought to you by Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around the house. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Woo! Hey, let's make this Memorial Day weekend very memorable. Let's save some money at SaveWithConrad.com. What about a summer vacation from house payments? That's right. No house payments in June or July. You're done until August 1st. And come August 1st, you're going to have a better mortgage. But don't take my word for it. Just ask Omar in Tucson, Arizona. He left us a five-star review at conradreviews.com, and he said, from the minute I requested information to the day my refinance was completed, I was treated with respect and kept completely in the loop. I had already given the information to multiple friends who are looking to refinance. Thank you so much for all of your help. And thank you for your business, Omar. Let me tell you this right now. If you can hear my voice and you're in a 30-year loan, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It's a matter of how much. Even worse, if you've got credit card debt, you might be feeling stuck making the minimum payments. Wouldn't it be nice to get rid of all that debt once and for all? Just like that. Savewithconrad.com can make saving money fast and easy, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. And we're licensed in more than 40 states. So what are you waiting for? Find out how much money you can save for free at SaveWithConrad.com. Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle. Drop the chips, make physically fit protein snacks part of your daily gold medal routine. They're high in protein, made from 100% all-natural real chicken meat and organic plant protein. Air-baked, low in net carbs, and taste insanely delicious. Grab a bag today and enjoy curbing your hunger with a crispy crunch and intelligent real food protein snack. Now you and your family can reach the gold with Physically Fit. Now available in 11 great flavors. Visit physicallyfit.com. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Love talking about my friend, Steven Singer. You know, the competition really hates him. He makes the experience of buying a diamond better and better, and he makes it fun. Steven is the very first to offer each and every guest the perfect price. That's right. Have you ever wondered if you're getting the best price? Are you uncomfortable negotiating? Head to Steven Singer Jewelers and you're guaranteed to get the perfect price. You'll never pay more than the person next to you. Here's a little insider tip. Most jewelers mark their merchandise way up just to mark it down to make you feel like you're getting a deal. The person next to you may be paying less. Do you want an important purchase like diamond jewelry to be based on your negotiating skills? Not the case at Steven Singer. Because at Steven Singer Jewelers, you're guaranteed to get the perfect price all day, every day, 365 days a year. That's why we trust Steven Singer. He makes the experience of buying a diamond so easy. Check out Steven Singer Jewelers at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Steven Singer Jewelers, one place, one price. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Well, he won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. He's a real athlete, so give him your respect. He's got intensity, integrity, intelligence. 
Hey, this is Kurt Angle, and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. This episode, Kurt Angle is going extreme. That's right. We're going to be discussing the WWE's version of the 2006 ECW draft and all the events surrounding it. But first, I'd like to introduce to all of you my co-host and friend, Conrad Thompson. How you doing, Conrad? I'm great, dude. Excited to be here with you. I, uh, you've probably been able to figure out from my backdrop here, I'm a huge ECW fan, so I really enjoyed talking about your, your one-off trip to the ECW arena, but now we're talking about a different ECW Vince McMahon's version. What are you looking forward to talking about the most, or maybe dreading talking about today? The most, well, in general, I just want to talk about the ECW. I mean, the WWE purchased the WCW a few years prior. Now they purchased the ECW and I'm ready to answer the tough questions about ECW today. Well, I'm glad you said that because we're tagging in a lot of our listeners for some help. We've got a ton of questions about ECW fans are fascinated by this different version of ECW. So let's get started. Um, I guess the story can't be told without saying Vince asked you for a big favor, right? You've alluded to this in a few episodes before that perhaps he had this idea or vision of let's relaunch ECW. And I think you sort of hinted around, he approached a few other guys and then eventually landed talking to you. Tell us about that. Well, Vince approached me. It was, you know, after judgment day pay-per-view and he said, listen, I want to start a new company, a new promotion, and I want you to be a name and face of it. And I said, what is it? And he said, ECW. And I said, well, (laughs) uh, you know, that's, that's cool, Vince, but you know, what's in it for me? And he said, well, actually you're going to work in smaller arenas and make less money, but I'll take care of you on the back end. And I basically said, I told you this before Conrad, I said, why would I want to do that? Right. Work in small arenas and make less money. <laughs> doesn't make any sense to me, but Vince McMahon promised what he said. And he, he backed up his promise. He did take care of me financially. You sort of handed around that maybe you weren't his first pick. Do you know who else he asked about maybe going to ECW? I don't know. I, I believe that he picked me because the ECW in the nineties had their top shooter in their company. That was a name and face of the company. And that was Taz. And Vince saw me as a top shooter in the company in 2006. Right. And I know he couldn't do the things quite as risky and extreme as they did in the nineties. So Vince at least wanted to do something that was identical to the company back then. I think he was trying to make it as identical as he could up to a certain degree. Well, and you're certainly going to be the type of performer that that audience eats up. And I know some of our listeners would think, well, Kurt wasn't necessarily hardcore, but that's also a place where, you know, Ray Mysterio got some of his first big exposure here in America and same with Chris Jericho and Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko. Uh, So I get why he would be interested in you from that standpoint. Um, you know, he's trying not to position it as a demotion and he's saying he's going to take care of you on the back end. But once you've been in the, the glitz and glamor of, of being the headline act, the last match, the main event at a WrestleMania, even if the money was right, did it still kind of feel like a demotion to be working with a smaller brand and smaller arenas in theory? Well, it did at first, but Vince was so excited about the product. He, he really wanted to make this thing successful. 
So the more he, you know, he more explained, he explained to me and the more he talked to me, the more it made sense. It wasn't a demotion. It was just basically, you know, me being taken from SmackDown and put over to ECW. And I think that he did it to help sell the product to a network. When you're having these conversations with Vince, does Paul Heyman ever approach you and so sort of say, here's what I see for you, Kurt. We've heard behind the scenes that Paul can be almost like a cult figure. You know, he's our David Koresh, you know, he's, we're going to drink the Kool-Aid, so to speak, whatever sort of motivational speaker you want to use, maybe of a dark side. Uh, did he come to you and say, here's what I've got in mind at all, or is it strictly you and Vince? It was just strictly me and Vince at the beginning. And Paul Heyman chimed in later on a couple of weeks later, but he, you know, Paul never explained to me the plans he had for me. I think he wanted Vince to, you know, run the thing overall. Paul would, would run the company, but Vince would make the final decision. So I don't think Paul wanted to tell me what was going on. I think he was explaining to Vince what he wanted to do with me. Do you think that maybe you're the guy to, be chosen because a, you can have a match with anybody B the hardcore fans know that you are a wrestling machine and C, if you weren't a fan of the original ECW, you're a big enough name and a main event talent that even a hardcore WWE fan might say, I want to give this a shot. Do you think that's why I picked you? I think all the above that's definitely the reasons why he picked me without a doubt. You're right. Conrad. So tell me about your relationship with Vince, because I know that Oh six, it starts to get a little rocky. You've alluded to it in the past. Uh, and I think you guys were even sending text messages back and forth that at times could be unpleasant. Uh, what was your relationship like with Vince on a day-to-day basis in this era? Well, up until 2006, we were pretty close, but you know, my behavior became erratic. I started, uh, you know, behaving out of control, um, you know, sending Vince text messages, threatening to beat him up. I mean, it was crazy. Um, you know, I, I had the painkiller problem that nobody knew about. I was injured so much, you know, and I, I couldn't take any time off because a lot of the other talent were injured. So a lot of top guys. So I was, you know, kind of there to keep the product intact. And, uh, you know, it just I, mentally, I was just losing it. And I, was texting Vince more and more, he wouldn't respond. So that would piss me off even more. And, uh, you know, after I joined ECW, it got even worse. So, you know, I can't help, but have a follow-up question. Why were you threatening to kick Vince's ass? Cause he wouldn't get back to me. I see. And, and I understand why now I, I, you know, I, I wasn't making any sense. You know, he, when I went to a meeting with Vince, when I decided to leave after, after ECW in 2006, he had a whole list of text messages and I'm reading these and saying, gosh, I don't remember texting this. It was really graphic. I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Uh, you know, some of the texts didn't make sense. I was probably high on painkillers when I was sending them. It was just uh, ridiculous. And I, I was in awe. I'm looking at these texts going, holy crap. I don't remember saying any of this stuff. Wow. And uh, you know, it was just a bad situation. Well, it was expected all week, uh, the week of May 29th, that an announcement would be made about the new ECW show being on the sci-fi channel. And, um, the show is going to air on Tuesday night. Uh, Meltzer is going to think it's either at nine or 10 when it's first, uh, teased and it's a 52 week commitment. So not only is it a new show, it's a new channel. 
what'd you think when you heard the news that yes, we have an ECW TV deal, but it's with the sci-fi network. It was, it was odd. I, we, we didn't correlate the two. We couldn't understand it. Uh, we, we, you know, I know the sci-fi channel is a, a quality TV station, a quality network. They, they really are, but, uh, it just wasn't the right fit, but the crazy thing was the sci-fi channel approached Vince and said that they wanted two alien wrestling characters on the show. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And Vince said, no, immediately. He said, we're not doing that. That's way too tacky. So I don't know if that was the pushback from the network. Uh, the reason why they were having trouble getting starting times when it would air uh, on Tuesday nights. Uh, I'm not sure if that had anything to do with it. Let's take a time out to talk about your vehicle, your car, your truck, whatever it may be. There's more makes and models now than ever before. And keeping up with them is impossible. That's why auto parts stores always tell you they have to order the parts. You're just going into a store to let them charge you more for it than they're paying. Why would you do that? You can order what you need right now on your phone or computer and save a ton of money. It's all super easy. Just go to rockauto.com. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like the mortgage or food. You're going to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership. That's not showing much intelligence. For example, a fuel pump assembly for a 2008 Honda Odyssey costs $353.99 at a big chain store. It's only $216.79 at rockauto.com. You see, chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're always low. RockAuto.com is a family business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules, motor oil, and brake parts to tail lamps. When it's for your classic or daily driver, Get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Angle in their How Did You Hear About Us spot so they know we sent you. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. It's amazing to me that he says, no, we're not doing that. That's tacky. Oh, by the way, meet the dead man, the undertaker. Oh, and have you seen this <laughs> pirate over here? Paul Birchall, like... In the scheme of things, I mean, there's even an, uh, an alien on TV now on Wednesday nights on AEW. So it's not that out there, but it is a little weird. Uh, we should also mention that the WWE had an exclusive deal with NBC universal, uh, USA network was not interested in giving a good time slot. Bravo had only expressed mild interest. So they had very little leverage, but the ECW name is hot, at least amongst wrestling fans. And, uh, a lot of the reason that the deal wound up here is Bonnie hammer. And a lot of listeners to the show have heard 
Bonnie Hammer's name talked about a lot on something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. She used to run the USA network. Well, now she's in charge of the sci-fi channel and she wants more WWE content. I know I'm asking a question here that probably isn't going to be something you can answer, but did you ever meet Bonnie hammer or hear her name? Or is that all behind the scenes stuff that the wrestlers would have never really had any contact with? I never heard the name. That is definitely all the behind the scenes, uh, talk that uh, it was discussed with just the office and Bonnie. So nobody knew about that. It was pretty confidential. I'd imagine. By the way, it's not just wrestling fans who think it's weird that wrestling is coming to sci-fi. Uh, sci-fi fans online and they are a hardcore crowd. They had their own message boards and websites and they hated the idea of pro wrestling coming to the station, but ultimately it gets the green light because everyone agrees this will be the highest rated show on the station. So even if it is a weird station being the number one show on a station, you can't ask for much more than that. Right? Kurt? No, without a doubt. If you, if you're going to be the top rated show in your station, you better keep it or at least you know, uh, sign a deal to get it on your show I, or on your network. Uh, that, that that's a win-win situation for the network. It comes out that eventually it's revealed, Hey, we're not going to necessarily be running these smaller arenas. Like Vince had told you instead, we're going to do it as a part of the SmackDown tapings from a functionality standpoint of how you travel and who you room with or who you ride with or all that hearing that you're still going to be touring with the SmackDown guys, that's got to make you feel good. Right. When it comes to TV. Yes. Uh, and, and it made it, you know, more convenient to have to tape the shows, uh, and, and being able to, uh, travel with my friends that, you know, I usually travel with on SmackDown it made it a lot more convenient. So that, that was a good concept for me. Let's talk about that sort of piggyback experience because it's been common that before a raw or a SmackDown or something like that, they might take, they might tape, say a B show, something like main event, and they would record that prior to the big show. So it's not necessarily a dark match, but it is sort of the show before the show. Would you have preferred that ECW be taped before SmackDown or after? Well, it doesn't matter. You know, the both shows were going to be taped anyway. Uh, you know, the, the ECW show could have aired live but it's, it's being taped to go live. So there's no way you can edit because it's the same night. They're going to air it the same night. So you have no time to edit. So we're all thinking that it's basically live as is there's no safety net. So, uh, for a talent, from a talent perspective, there's no difference. Well, I just wonder as far as a, a live experience with from the a crowd. Fan perspective, yes. it's a big difference because the night can get long people can start sitting on their hands and you can have a situation with the crowd. But as far as the wrestlers, it didn't matter either way. Well, when you're trying to feed off of the crowd, did you have a preference in terms of getting the crowd engaged? Would you rather go on first or last? I'd rather go on first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, 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 um, you, when you're at the first show, the crowd's energetic and they're, they, they have a lot of energy. They're really rowdy, but you know, when you start going into three or four hours of taped shows, uh, they start sitting on their hands or not responding as much. So obviously I'd, I'd rather go, uh, first, but you know, the, the biggest match of the night is usually the final match. So, uh, you know, it's, a, it's a trade-off, but I, I would still like to go first. Definitely. 
Meltzward right. An interesting news story from this time indicated that a planned Chris Benoit versus Dean Malenko match for the ECW pay-per-view had been canceled. And Paul Heyman reportedly had the idea to do a Benoit versus Kurt Angle submission match. And the observer reported that you were mad uh, when you got word in Bakersfield on May 23rd, but others felt Benoit was just as unhappy to learn that his match with his friend was next quote. Benoit had several things promised to him that hadn't been delivered. And Malenko had gone into training for his return and was taken off of the books. We're going to talk about that match coming up this summer, but I do want to know, you know, when, when you hear this, it's written that you're upset at the idea too. Were you upset because you didn't want to wrestle Benoit again? Or is it more a matter of you knew how hard Dean Malenko had been working to come back? I was more upset that Dean Malenko wouldn't be able to perform. Yeah. I, you know, especially those two, they, they were, they were kind of ECW originals. Yeah. Uh, they were back there in the nineties and, you know, Chris and Dean haven't wrestled in years. And I think a lot of fans would have loved to have seen that match. I was more upset about that. I was also upset because I was banged up pretty badly. And I knew the submission match with Chris Benoit would be very intense and a very hard match, but I was willing to still do it. I was just upset that Milenko wouldn't be able to perform. That sucked. Let's talk about the 2006 brand extension draft that happened at the Tacoma dome in Tacoma, Washington on May 29th, 2006. It's pretty simple. Paul Heyman is the ECW representative, and he's going to get two draft picks from SmackDown and raw for every new, for the very newly created ECW brand. And given what happened at WrestleMania, everybody knows who the first pick is going to be. It's Rob Van Dam. And we know that he's going to go on to beat Cena for the world title a few weeks later, but then Heyman surprises everyone. And he picks you. Um, what do you remember about that night? Obviously it's not a surprise. You've been uh, warned ahead of time. I only mentioned that because I think they've uh, done a lot of drafts where the talent didn't know, including Jim Ross, that he was not going to be calling raw anymore. And now he's going to be calling SmackDown, but you know, it's coming. But did everybody else in the locker room find out that day? What was the reaction to, Hey, it's really happening. And we don't have Kurt quote unquote on SmackDown anymore. Well, I think what it did was opened up the, the situation with the boys and girls in the locker room that, uh, it's not just going to be ECW talent. There's going to be mixed talent on the show. And, uh, I think that when me being picked first showed that there was a chance that certain others would also be picked in the draft and they would cross over from raw or SmackDown to ECW too. Now the observer would write the choice of angle is interesting while SmackDown seems and is depleted with the recent short-term losses of JBL due to injury and Chris Benoit due to a number of reasons. It will also be bolstered in the next few weeks with the returns of Batista and Randy Orton, the two men who had been groomed for the past year to carry the brand. Uh, Angle's move to SmackDown was an emergency replacement for Batista. On first thought, putting Angle on ECW is a smart move. He's got credibility of being a major star for seven years. The company needs ratings fast because they're only on a trial run with sci-fi. Whether the brand makes it or flops will not be determined by what ECW was, but what this version can be. And it has been very clear that Rob Van Dam isn't going to be enough to carry the brand and people like Terry Funk and Mick Foley won't be there after one night stand. That's interesting that Meltzer is going to write essentially that Rob Van Dam's peak was 2001. And at this point, the WWF has positioned him as a mid Carter who 
could be a star, but he's not the franchise character. Maybe he could have been fresh out of ECW in 2001. Did you feel like when they drafted Rob Van Dam as at number one and you at two, that, uh, it was a slight or, Hey, they're trying to make something with this guy. I don't really need to be number one. And did you think that Rob Van Dam could be sort of the flag bearer for the brand? I thought Rob could have been the flag bearer for the brand. I think that he, he was so talented and the WWE pushed him pretty good. I mean, they, there were times where they didn't push him as hard and sometimes where they did. I think they utilized them when they needed to, but you know, he wasn't consistently a top guy, main eventer. And I think that's the reason why they picked me first. Meltzer's got some other opinions here. He says, upon more thinking, this is probably the worst move possible for angle angles. Body has broken down badly and ECW is being pushed as a more violent promotion. Even though Paul Heyman called it a new direction of ECW. Even if angle is pushed as the wrestler in the group and kept away from the dangerous stunts, he will be performing three nights per week at house shows before a far more demanding fan base. And generally speaking, working with sloppier wrestlers and those willing to take more risks on the fourth night, he'll be on SmackDown television and fans. There will also be expecting something different than one they had already seen on the show because of the ECW moniker in short, whatever limited time, his career may have will be shortened probably greatly. If this move isn't rescinded within a few months and he's put back to where he can take more care of himself and has performers to work with that are less likely to mess up. What do you think of that statement that maybe this audience is going to be more demanding and you'll push yourself even further. And that's probably not best for your long-term health. Did you think that's somebody who didn't understand you or wrestling who wrote that or someone who had your best interest in mind? If I would have read that back then, I would have said he's crazy. Right. Looking at it from my perspective now, he was absolutely right. Right. You know, that that's what sent me over the top. And, uh, you know, I, I got injured wrestling in a ECW house show and uh, wrestling Rob Van Dam. And I tore my hamstring, my groin and my abdominal muscle all at the same time. God dang. And, you know, looking back, you know, he was absolutely right. It was the it was the wrong move for me. Um, you know, knowing that, you know, I, uh, knowing that the, the fans would be more demanding of me and expect me to do different stuff. And I would have to do more extreme stuff. Uh, that was definitely the case. And, uh, he was absolutely right at saying what he did. I know we're going to talk about your departure from the company and that injury that you suffered at that ECW house show, that was really a big part of why you wound up leaving, right? That was sort of the straw that broke the camel's back. That was the last match I had in ECW and WWE in 2006. That's uh, after that match is when I called to meet with Vince McMahon at the headquarters in Stamford, Connecticut. Well, let's jump into some questions because we got so many, I was really blown away at the response we got from this topic. Uh, the champion wants to know, to your knowledge, were there any plans to bring back other ECW championships to the brand like television or tag belts? I think it would have been cool to see Kurt as a triple crown winner. If they had, of course, we know it really just winds up being the world title, but do you remember there being plans that were shared with the talent of we're going to expand the roster and have all these different divisions? Well, I knew they were going to expand the roster, but they didn't talk about tag titles or television titles. It would have been pretty cool though, to be a triple crown winner of ECW. It would have had a lot of, a lot of accomplishments to my list of accomplishments. So, uh, it would have been a, a very proud moment for me, but 
Uh, that was never talked about. Uh, Denovius wants to say who was one of the ECW originals that you wanted to wrestle the most, but never got the chance to. I would say Dean Malenko. Mm. Uh, I was a big fan of Dean's uh, watching him in WCW when he came to WWE. I was still a big fan of his, uh, him and Chris Benoit were two of the best technicians I've ever seen. And, uh, I definitely wanted to wrestle him before he retired and it never happened. Let's, uh, let's do another one here. Wyatt wants to know, do you have any stories from the ECW arena house show? I was in attendance. I remember the crowd was on fire for you and Rob Van Dam. Well, that's the match where I got injured. That's the, that's the main match where I, you know, tore my hamstring, my groin, my abdominal muscle. I only wrestled in a few house shows, uh, for ECW before I quit. So there wasn't a lot that I did. Um, at that particular time. So I didn't spend a lot of time in ECW. I was there for, I think a month. Uh, chronic wants to know, um, your remix theme, which, uh, you were used when you were, which I use when I was working out because it's awesome. Did you get to listen to it beforehand? And if so, did you like it? Well, I listened to it beforehand. I didn't like it so much at first, but the more I listened to it, the, the catchier it got. I love my theme song. I love how catchy it is. Uh, it's a really cool song. It, it definitely represents who I was as a character in WWE and, uh, I wouldn't change it. It's, it's the best, uh, interesting, uh, that I could ever have thought, uh, imagine possible. Credit karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help even more with a credit karma money spend account. You can be rewarded for good money habits. Who doesn't want instant gratification? If you're looking for satisfaction, there's no need to wait. With Credit Karma Money, you could win cash reimbursements for debit purchases. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, You'll be notified on the spot and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit karma money has already given away over $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 credit karma members and counting. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. Credit karma money progress starts here right now you can visit creditkarma.com forward slash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma go to creditkarma.com forward slash win money to sign up for free and start winning instant karma that's creditkarma.com slash win money instant karma is sponsored by credit karma there's no purchase necessary exclusions and terms apply see rules banking services provided by mvp Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated, member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Hurry. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Do you, I mean, it, a lot of our listeners are fascinated with the whole musical component of this. Do they ever come to you and say, hey, which of these do you like better? Or do they just play you one and say, hey, what do you think of this? Or do they even give you an option and just say, hey, here's your new theme music? 
Well, they 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 make a song for you, and then you'll show up at the arena, and they'll play it out loud in the arena, and you decide if you like it or if you don't. But for the most part, they're basically saying, "Hey, this is the music we made for you. This is the music you're going to have to use." You can see you can say you don't like it, and uh, they'll go back and re-edit and change some stuff up. But you know, for the most part, it's going to be identical to the first one they made. Let's, uh, let's do the chronic question. Uh, cause I think he's got a follow up. We'll do his other side later. Uh, Dave wants to know, did you, or some of the other wrestlers think that getting moved to the new ECW was a demotion you've, an- you've answered on your behalf. Did you talk to any other talent like Rob Van Dam, for instance, he's an ECW original. Uh, we know that he's going to be in line for the big push. Does anybody feel like, man, I kind of been there, done that. I don't really want to do that again. I'd rather be on raw or SmackDown. I don't know. I, I think that Rob would have been excited about, uh, you know, especially DCW being in the WWE, uh, you know, that for, for one, he's guaranteed a paycheck. Yeah. So, you know, that, that <laughs> sometimes they, they didn't get him back in the nineties in ECW. So at least he knew that he was guaranteed a paycheck every week. And uh, I think Rob would have been excited about ECW starting up again. That's where he na- made his name, and that's where you know he got his reputation. Did any of the characters? This is a question from Conrad in Huntsville. Did any of the qu- characters from the ECW original territory when they start to come back? Um, did you have any any interesting interactions with any of them? Like when you just see you used to seeing Randy Orton and Batista walk around backstage, and now here comes Balls Mahoney. So that's that's a departure, right? Yes. Uh, it was different. You know, those guys are different, but they, you know, they tell amazing stories and, uh, they, they were very intriguing, but, uh, they, they were all cool to be around. They, they were, they were great guys. They had great attitudes. I don't think ECW would have stood that long for that many years. If they had bad attitudes in the locker room, I heard that their locker room had the best attitudes in the world. Yeah. And that's why they were able to make it work. Cause everybody was agreeable with everyone. Knowing what we know now, this is from Anthony. Do you think ECW should have been brought back knowing how it ended up in hindsight? Well, the question is, did the company make money from it? Right. If they did, then it was worth it. If they didn't, it wasn't worth it. It's all a question of they made money. Uh, they had a fairly good run. I mean, they did last what five years. So I mean, they they did something right to that extent. But um, you know, I I I didn't think ECW was going to last forever. I knew that it would be a shooting star, and that star would dim out eventually. But you know, it it was a good try, and uh, you know, Vince was excited about starting it. And when he's excited about something, he's dead dead set on doing it. Ringside Rant Jones wants to know, were you used backstage in a coach role as well as an on-screen talent? That's an interesting question because you do have a lot of guys there who don't know how to work the quote unquote WWE style. And I know that it's technically ECW, but ECW is owned by WWE. Did an agent or Vince or anybody come along and say, Hey, Kurt, why don't you work a little bit with so-and-so sort of take them under your wing? Does that happen at all? No, it didn't happen. I think a lot of the reason why is because Vince knew I was injured and he didn't want me getting in the ring and, you know, teaching technique to the wrestlers. Uh, but, but they never asked me to do it. I just assumed that was the reason why. Uh, Jason wants to know the WWE influx of guys that they use starting out. 
were guys Paul had worked with before, like Kurt, Big Show, etc. Uh, was that Paul Heyman's idea to just use sort of quote unquote Paul Heyman guys? I would say yes. I don't know for sure, but Paul Heyman worked really well with Big Show and I. He worked well with certain individuals, and he wanted those guys on his ECW roster. And I didn't blame him. I love Paul Heyman. I, I loved his ideas, his concepts. Uh, he's he's one of the best promoters in the world. Uh, you know, his, his mind, his creative mind is incredible. And uh, I've always had faith in Paul. So I knew that he would eventually pick me to be an ECW. And, and Big Show got along with him really well, too. And uh, that's the reason why they, uh, you know, moved us over to ECW, because Paul Heyman loved us. Uh, guy walks into a bar says, would you have continued those incredible high octane matches long-term if you weren't going through hard times? This is my absolute favorite version of your wrestling persona. I daydream about what ECW Kurt angle would have been like a year down the road. What do you think? Well, the wrestling machine was my favorite character. I actually liked it better than my Olympic hero character where I did a lot of comedy and I was kind of corny and, you know, an idiot. But uh, I really enjoy doing that stuff. But the wrestling machine was more me. That's who I am. That's what I was. And uh, I, I enjoy doing it. And um, I, I loved I loved performing in those matches because it was all technical. And that, that was what I was all about. You know, I, I wanted to portray myself as a wrestling machine, a wrestler in the ring that was the best wrestler in the world. And I think I did a pretty good job of that. And that's what my ECW character was about the wrestling machine. Uh, here's one from, uh, Umar. He says, uh, Kurt, what was it like backstage with the ECW renal uh, originals, like Sandman and Tommy dreamer, uh, Tommy dreamer is universally beloved. So I think I know the answer to that, but Sandman, he could be a character at times. You got to get Sandman stories. No, Sandman was behaved very well. <laughs> you know, we were expecting him to do some crazy shit, but he, he was really cool. He, he didn't, he didn't do anything. He was very calm, uh, very in control, uh, that, you know, those guys are characters though. I, I met them back in the nineties and, you know, they were mostly drunk before the show even started. So, you know, they, they, they changed quite a bit when they came to WWE. Uh, Martin wants to know whose idea was it to start using a stiff headbutt during this 2006 era. I remember both uh, the Brooklyn brawler and just incredible being on the wrong end of a Glasgow kiss. And, uh, it's funny. Just incredible actually responded quote. It was a work. He barely touched me, but the headbutt spot, that is something that we hadn't seen in a long time. And you didn't just bring back any old headbutt. It wasn't an eighties Southern wrestling headbutt. This was a fighting headbutt. Whose idea was this? It was a stiff headbutt. It was my idea. I thought it would go well with the intense wrestling machine, Kurt Angle, even though it's not a wrestling move, but it is a badass move. And I thought that would help my character out by giving headbutts. And uh, I have a very hard head, so I'm not afraid to hit anybody with it. I know you were gone by the end, but Ari has a great question. He says, why do you think the ECW revival eventually failed? Do you have an opinion why it didn't work long-term? Well, the WWE tried to make it into something that it wasn't um, because they couldn't do certain things. They couldn't do the risky stuff. Uh, you know, WWE is a family-oriented show. and They're a publicly traded company. They can't do the most extreme stuff 
and the adult uh, content that ECW was providing in the 90s. So they, they weren't able to be the, the original ECW. If you're not the original ECW, there's no way you're going to work out. That's, that's my opinion. Here's another from, uh, Matt, were there any types of weapons or gimmick matches that Kurt was reluctant to use or get hit with? Was there something you didn't enjoy about the quote unquote gimmicks? I didn't want to get hit by anything. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a gimmick guy. Don't want to be a gimmick guy. Never used gimmicks. Didn't want them used on me, but if I did have a gimmick match, I would do it. I never turned it down. It didn't matter what it was, you know, but you know, ECW wasn't going to be any different than WWE. Uh, you know, I might've wrestled some little, little bit dangerous wrestlers, but, uh, for the most part, you know, I knew that I would have to take a chair shot here, uh, a kendo stick there. Uh, (laughs) There are a lot of gimmicks in ECW and, you know, you have to be willing to take something, but it's not, it's not going to be as any worse than I would have been on raw or smack. It's, it's hilarious the way you phrase that though, a chair shot here, a kendo stick there, here, a table, there, a ladder. Um, <laughs> let's, let's go off of that for a minute because a lot of us, you know, thankfully have never had to fall on a ladder and I hope we never do. But, uh, if you had to fall, if you had to work with a ladder or a table, what would you prefer? Oh, oh man. Uh, well, the. You know, the ladder is a little stiffer. The table is probably, a, a, you know, it's more, I guess, not as stiff is what I'm trying to say. So I prefer the table. Uh, the table seems a lot safer too. chair shot or kendo stick. Kendo stick, kendo stick stings. Chair shot can hurt. You can knock you out. <laughs> you don't know what can happen. It can break your neck like uh, Brock did with me when he hit me with a chair over the head. I think that was uh, 2003. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't like the chair shots. I would rather take a kendo stick, uh, barbed wire or thumbtacks, thumbtacks, barbed wire can cut you up pretty badly. I don't mind a few tacks being stuck in my back. That's not such a bad thing. It's okay. You can admit it. You're skeptical about all my commercials about save with Conrad.com. So was Nathan in Fairfield, Pennsylvania. He left us a five-star review over at conradreviews.com, And here's what he had to say. I've been hearing the ads for save with Conrad on his podcast network for years, but I was skeptical about it being able to benefit me. Boy, was I wrong? The process was quick, easy, and has put my family in a better place. The service delivers all that is promised quick and easy as advertised. That's really what we do, Nathan. And thank you for your business. We greatly appreciate it at SaveWithConrad.com. Right now, we can save your family just like we did Nathan's. Skeptics are allowed and welcome, but if you've got a 30-year loan, if you've got a second mortgage, if you've got credit card debt, there's never been a better time to take advantage of this opportunity than right now. What we're talking about is saving tens of thousands of dollars from the comfort of your own home. You don't have to get dressed up in a three-piece suit for a two-hour appointment across town with a banker. Check it out right now, savewithconrad.com. And if we can't save you money, we won't waste your time. But what you're really getting is the peace of mind of knowing that you've got the best deal for your family with my family at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Come on, let's take a summer vacation from house payments at savewithconrad.com. Do you remember the first time that was presented to you? Because I just can't help but remember as we're having this conversation, 
This is an amateur wrestler his whole life. So good that he won the freaking Olympics with a broken freaking neck. And now we're going to bring him a canvas bag and say, so tonight we're going to use thumbtacks. What were you thinking when they first pitched that idea to you? Thumbtacks? I was like, holy shit. I can't believe I'm going to do this. Uh, you, you know what? It's not that bad. I, I, I was, I was nervous before I did it, but, uh, afterward it, it wasn't so bad. It's a quick pinch and it's, it's not, it's not as bad as people think it is. Uh, but you know, you, you're going to have t- thumbtacks stuck in you all night and you're going to have to pluck them out. But other than that, it, it's not that bad. So you said that thumbtacks weren't as bad as you thought. What was worse than you thought? Do you remember anything like that? Yeah. The announce table when I, <laughs> I hit my head on the floor. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, that was my match at uh, SummerSlam against triple H and the rock. And, uh, you know, the, I would say the concrete floor is the stiffest thing in the world, but I, I was on the announce table when that occurred. Hunter wants to know if you would have stayed in WWE, do you think you would have had matches with CM Punk? Without a doubt. Yes. Uh, CM Punk didn't show up till after I left, but I would have loved to work with him. That kid was really talented. He could cut a promo just about as good or better than anybody. I would love to work with the kid. It, it would have been awesome. You know, that brings up a good point because I'm curious when you're on the main roster and you're on TV every week and you're making shows. Are you keeping up with what's happening on the quote unquote independence at all? Or is that something that's not really in your purview? It wasn't on our radar. You know, we're, we're so in tune to what we're doing and we're working almost every day of the week. Uh, it's really hard to catch up on independent wrestling or other promotions. I mean, you know, I, I remember when I started in WWE, we were, we were watching WCW backstage, you know, because of the wars uh, but other than that, we, you know, we, we didn't have time to really, uh, follow the independent circuit to see who the next up and coming wrestlers were going to be. So we, we wouldn't really know who it was. Did you hear about anybody coming in ACW where maybe you weren't paying attention, but some of the other guys in the back would say, oh man, I hear so-and-so might be coming in and you won't believe this guy. And they just sort of say, whatever, what was their buzz about who could be potentially coming in that you recall? No, I don't recall of anybody that was upset or, or excited about anybody that was going to come in to join ECW. So that, that wasn't really discussed. I know you weren't there very long. And we talked about it at the very beginning, when you're told that you're going to ECW, it's just you and Vince. It's not necessarily you and Heyman, but did you ever get one of those uh, famous Heyman speeches at all? Well, Paul talked to me before I went out the first night in ECW. Uh, I believe it was it was a TV, and I couldn't remember where it was. And he said, I, "There's a reason I picked you, number one. You go out and you you do what you do best. You wrestle. That's what I brought you on to do." And that's what he said to me. Uh, here's a, a good one from Greg. Had you stayed longer in the WWE in '06, do you know what the plan was for you in ECW? Like, well, I know the plan was to get me the ECW world title, uh, by the end of the year. Of course that never happened because I quit by August. So, uh, you know, I, I never got to see it come to fruition. Uh, Jack wants to know, were you looking forward to a supposed lighter schedule in ECW? I knew it wasn't going to be a lighter schedule. I knew it was going to be the same schedule. It was going to be four or five days a week shows, four or five shows a week. 
And uh, just like Raw and SmackDown, uh, I knew that I might have to do some extreme matches. But other than that, there was no difference. Uh, here's one from um, Rosso Porco. He says, uh, what was your favorite match during the ECW era? The ECW era, right? So yep. we're talking just ECW wrestlers. That's right. Or are we talking that era? Well, we'll, we'll like go like May, of- May to August, yeah. you know, in that, that brief ECW, uh, WWE, ECW run. I would say when my one night stand match against Randy Orton, Randy was awesome to work with. He was really young at the time, but, um, you know, he was still very well posed and, uh, you know, we had a great match. It was really awesome. Is there a, an ECW original you enjoyed matches with most of our listeners don't count Randy as an ECW performer. Of course, do you have another, like, did you have a good match with Van Dam you enjoyed or Sandman or Tommy yes, or Sabu? Yes. I, I had some great matches with RVD. I wrestled him at a few house shows. Uh, the, the one in particular that I got injured, that was an awesome match. That, it was near the end when I, when I got injured, but we were able to put on a good 25 minute performance and it was an awesome match. I believe it was in uh, New York, upstate New York. It is interesting to, to look back at this era and think about what a different time it was in wrestling. You know, at that point, ECW has been down for five years, WCW has been down for five years and they're just trying to create whatever sort of nostalgia they can for the Monday night war. And they even bring back some of these ECW originals. Um, Sergio wants to know how well did the originals get along with you and the other talent? You sort of alluded to that earlier that they were all cool guys. Do you remember there being sort of a styles clash with anyone else though, where for whatever reason, so-and-so didn't get along with such and such. No, there was no problem in the, in the locker room. The guys and girls were cool. Everybody got along. It, it was a, a harmonic locker room that all worked together really well. No problems at all, period, uh, which is surprising. I mean, considering, you know, you're going to have a lot of egos in there and uh, a lot of ECW originals that, you know, wa- wanted it to be still original and no WWE wrestlers, but it wasn't like that. Everybody got along. Kellen brings up a great question. He wants to know, considering the unfortunate situation you had at the ECW arena before this was before you're even in the WWE, but everybody remembers they did the, uh, ill-advised crucifixion angle. You weren't comfortable with it. You walked out that felt like the end of you in pro wrestling. We've talked about it in the archives. Go check it out. Uh, but now you're working back with Paul Heyman in a more direct manner. And of course you had done that prior to this in the WWE, but now that it feels like it's got his creative stamp on it, did you have any concerns about what the content might be or that you could trust him because you sort of alluded to earlier uh, in one earlier episode that you felt like when Paul came to you and said, Oh, I didn't know they were going to do that in regards to the crucifixion angle. I think the phrase you used was he was full of shit. Did, did, did you think that Paul Heyman was, was somebody you could trust at this point or was that just water under the bridge? It was water under the bridge, but I also wanted to make sure that whatever Paul Heyman did, Vince had to approve first. So I knew that, you know, Vince, um, you know, running Paul Heyman, who was running the promotion, Vince was still the boss and he was going to make the final decision. I trusted Paul because I trusted Vince. So I think that, you know, Vince being the the head honcho uh, of the whole situation, 
made me feel more at ease. So chat me up about, um, the end point, you know, it feels like when Vince comes to you and he says, Hey, I'm launching this new brand. I want you to be the face of it. Uh, and you're concerned about money. And he, 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 he calms that fear. It feels like he might say, this isn't forever. I just need to get this thing up and running. We're going to have you here for six months or a year or 18 months or by WrestleMania. We'll have you back. Is there an endpoint discussed with Vince or do you think just for the foreseeable future, this is it? I just think that he never discussed anything of the length period of time or anything like that. He just wanted me to be the name and face of ECW. And I, I figured it was going to run as long as ECW ran. So, you know, I, I was willing to do it. I just, you know, at the time I needed a lot of rest. I needed uh, to be at home to nurse my injuries and I couldn't afford to go there because they just started a new promotion and a bunch of guys on the SmackDown and raw roster were injured. So I didn't have any time to really heal. I had to continue on until somebody could replace me. Uh, Gil Boldberg wants to know was fully injured when you attacked him on raw after it was announced you were going to ECW based on your demeanor coming to the ring. It looked like a shoot. Okay. I'm sure it wasn't a shoot, but what do you remember about that night and working with Foley Foley at this point was not necessarily super active in the ring. Uh, he would come back here and there, but he is somebody you probably wanted to be a little more careful with. He's not on a touring brand at the time. He's not uh, callous to taking bumps four or five days a week. What do you remember about that interaction with Foley when you announced that you're going to ECW? Well, I, I just remember, you know, laying Mick out and, uh, you know, there, you know, Mick, he, he was a guy that would tell you, listen, I'll do whatever you want me to do. So, uh, he was willing to do whatever had to be done that night. He would have taken a suplex from the top rope. He would have, he would have, uh, he would have, uh, jumped off a ladder. Mick Foley will do anything, anytime. And that's how he is. That's the kind of guy he is. He's willing to put his body on the line, no matter how banged up he is, or if he's not banged up. He's going to do it regardless. And I knew that about Mick and, you know, he, we taught, we talked about what we wanted to do that night and he was cool with it. We can't talk about your experience in ECW without talking about, uh, Alan Jackson. Uh, his comment is, do you find it ironic that RVD had his title stripped for weed when so much of the roster was on drugs or steroids? Do you know what the plans were long time for long-term for RVD as champion? So let's attack those one at a time. You said earlier, I felt like I was going to be ECW world champion. Did you assume that would be with a pay-per-view match with Rob Van Dam? I didn't know. Uh, you know, I, I knew that Rob was going to win the title and, you know, I, I, I probably would eventually have beaten him. I don't know where they were going to go with it because I think that at the time we were both baby faces, but, um, I, I didn't really know when I would win the title. I just knew it was being talked about. Now let's talk about the drug component. Uh, and you've been open and honest about your struggles with painkillers. Even earlier in this same show, there was a, um, fair or not there, there was a, uh, sort of understood in the business that ECW was a little more liberal with their drug policy or lack thereof. Did you see a different lifestyle with those guys? Unfortunately, so many of them like, uh, Axel and, um, 
of course, balls Mahoney we've lost from drug overdoses. Did, was it apparent that other guys were really struggling with their substance abuse in the ECW locker room? I didn't see a lot of substance abuse. You know, I think that Rob getting hit for marijuana, you know, it kind of sucks because, you know, now, nowadays marijuana is no big deal, effect. but you know, back then it was a big issue and it's one of the big no-nos that you weren't allowed to do. You weren't allowed to take drugs and you weren't allowed to take steroids. And Rob wasn't the only one that got titles stripped from him or got suspended. Yeah. I got suspended because I failed a drug test. If you're going to fail a drug test, whether it's marijuana, painkillers, steroids, it doesn't matter what it is. You're, you're going to have the company's going to do something. They're going to suspend you or fine you or both. And with Rob, they decide to strip the title from him and they probably find him. But you know, that that's a chance you take when you're going to smoke weed. And I'm saying this, you know, today you can smoke weed where just about anywhere you want to, but back then you couldn't. So that, that was one of the topics of this, uh, you know, the discussion was, should weed be a, a, a drug that is illegal? And back then it really was. You know, uh, weed is obviously being decided by the the different states. You know, you know, it's ever evolving. Just recently in Alabama, it was, um, I think it's official now that it's it's okay for medical use, and that's of course the first step based on what we've seen in California and other places. But uh, my question to you is in regards to a derivative of that. That's an Eric Bischoff word. CBD is that something that you have found useful in your recovery, or is that something that is really not? on your radar i've tried cbd it, it it works the cream works on my joints every for a good hour uh, it doesn't last really long but um you know it is effective if you want to get a workout in uh, so you're not sore before you start training but uh you know it, it that doesn't do anything long term for me so i i wasn't that excited about it, it you know it is what it is i think uh, it does reduce swelling temporarily, and, and that, that's a good thing. And I, I think if you want to use CBD, go ahead and use it. It's, it's a pretty safe product. Do you know what the WWE's marijuana policy is now? Uh, obviously, you don't. I mean, you're not there today, but I mean, before the pandemic, when you're still touring, and it's legal in so many states here in America, but it is still sort of a gray area. Uh, had the WWE, as far as you know, sort of loosened up on their marijuana policy just based on it becoming legal in so many states well i think that the wwe what they are doing right now and i don't know if it's changed since i left but they would just find the wrestler so you're going to get drug tested seven times a year if you're going to fail seven times a year and this is one of the wrestlers one this is what i heard one of the wrestlers said and i might as well say who it is randy orton Uh, Rob Van Dam. Um, They basically told the company that um, they would uh, what's what, how much are the fines and how many drug tests will I do this year? So they wanted to pay the money up front. That's hilarious. So I think the fine was $2,000. So they just said, here, take 14 grand. I'm good. (laughs) So they, they would bypass the tests and they wouldn't get suspended. So I think it, Marijuana, they've been uh, lighter on about because it's not banned anymore. You don't get suspended, but you still get fined. I'm not going very far. I'm in a rush. It's too uncomfortable. Sometimes I just forget. 
Don't kid yourself. There's no such thing as a good excuse for not buckling up. If you've used any of these excuses or any others, you're putting yourself at risk of injury or death. In 2019, nearly 10,000 people were unbuckled when they were killed in crashes. That's 43% of people killed in motor vehicle crashes that were not wearing seatbelts. No matter what kind of vehicle you drive, wearing your seatbelt is the best defense in a crash. Even when you sit in the back seat, you still need to buckle up. That goes for when you ride in taxis or use ride sharing services too. Law enforcement are on the lookout and writing tickets. So why take the risk? Seatbelts save lives. So do the smart thing and buckle up every trip day or night, click it or ticket paid for by NHTSA. You know, I know some people are going to take issue with that and say it's a workaround, but I think marijuana is the one drug where it's like, man, if it's legal in you know, a large portion of the country, it kind of is what it is, especially if you're touring and you're in those States and you're doing what's legal, you know, for years, it's been legal in Nevada. And if the WWE ran a show in Nevada and guys went and had dinner and then afterwards had an edible and a few beers, I don't see how that could get in trouble. They should not get in trouble for that. In my opinion, like it's legal here. I'm not breaking any laws and I don't know. That's probably, I totally agree. If it's legal in that state and you're doing it that night, it should be fine. You, you know, if, if you get drug tested that week, you should say, well, I was in Nevada. Yeah. Smoked some weed when I was there. And, uh, so I, I shouldn't be fined or suspended. I agree with you because it was a legal process. You right. Know, you did, you did do it in a legal state. So I don't see why, uh, marijuana is even an issue today. It should be. It should be done. No more, no more fighting, no more suspending. I totally agree. I'm curious. I know you weren't watching wrestling back then, but did, did any of the old timers ever tell you about the, uh, the hacksaw Jim Duggan, iron Sheik marijuana arrest back in the day that brought so much shame to the WWF. Is that when iron Sheik uh, stuffed something in hacksaw's uh, bag or something? I, you know, there, there is a <laughs> good guy and a kid. bad guy and they get pulled over and they had marijuana in the car. So they were quote unquote breaking kayfabe and they had marijuana in the car and they're supposed to be, you know, heroes to children so they can sell dolls. And it was, it was a black eye. And so for a lot of time, I think people thought that will be on the list forever. And then here it pops up again, but this time it's not, you know, uh, a baby face and a heel so much as it has the world champion. And, and so that gets headlines everywhere, you know, in this clickbait society we live in, if you can, you know, arrest the WWE champion with a drug charge, that's going to get headlines everywhere. Oh, without a doubt, that would definitely get headlines. And I, I didn't know about Hacksaw Jim Duggan and, uh, <laughs> getting stopped and they were smoking marijuana and they were baby face and hill. Didn't they, they had a program together at the time, right? Yeah. So, you know, at the arena, <laughs> we hate each other. We're Iran versus America, but then, Hey, let's go get a dube and make the next town. So, uh, shouldn't have done that for a variety of reasons. Uh, let's do Matthew Spanks. He says, uh, we know you didn't want to go to ECW and you said you would do whatever Vince wanted you to do. Um, what, what led you to that? just having ultimate trust in Vince, uh, a lot of guys sort of put their foot down and say, I, you know, that doesn't work for me, brother, but that doesn't seem like that was really even in your vocabulary, but it's happening. In a, it's happening at a time where you're really breaking down. You're frustrated with Vince. You're sending rude or angry or upset text messages, whatever, you know, descriptor you want to use. But then when he asks you, Hey, will you do it? You just agree. Um, 
is this just because you're so all over the place and you're behaving erratically or is it one thing to have that conversation with Vince on the phone, but then in person, man, he just charms the pants off of you. Well, Vince was a father figure to me. So I, I, I would do whatever he asked me to do it. I had full trust in him. It's just at the time, uh, you know, I wasn't able to get get a hold of him because of my erratic behavior. And I think Vince was dodging me on purpose to, to teach me a lesson. Well, we're just wondering, you know, we've heard a lot of times that guys could go in to meet with Vince or they could go in to meet with Paul and they'd be furious. They'd be upset. They weren't happy. And then they walk out of the meeting and they're like, I don't know what he said or did, but I feel better. So I'm, I'm just trying to get into your psyche and your sort of mind at the time where you're, you're firing off these angry, pissed off text messages to Vince, but then in person, he's able to talk you into going to a quote unquote, smaller or lesser brand. Uh, and it just feels like a lot of guys would have rubbed that old Fu man chew and said, that doesn't work for me, brother. But instead you just acquiesce. Uh, and it's probably because of what you said, Vince is more of a father figure, right? Yeah. I had a lot of respect for him. And you know what? I was mad when he asked me, you know, he said, listen, I, I want you to be the name and face of a new promotion. And I'm like, what's the promotion? He's like ECW. And I was like, why? You know, I, I, I didn't know why. And he was like, well, uh, let me warn you too. You're going to make less money work work in small arenas. I said, I'm not going to do that, Vince. Why would I want to do that? So I was giving him attitude that day, but he persuaded me. He kept talking to me and he kind of coerced me, coerced me into agreeing with him. So Vince does have a psychology when he meets with guys and he makes you feel good about the decision he just made for you. Vince is really good at that. He's a great talker. Let's, um, let's talk about the ECW crowd for a moment. There are some of the most, especially the, you know, back in the day, the most hardcore fans around, um, they made, you know, things like, uh, boy, this is not something I'd ever thought I'd say on a podcast, show your tits, a chant. And they made, uh, you fucked up a chant. They chant everything. And it's sometimes not that polite, uh, did you ever get some of those chants in one of your matches and think, wait a minute, what the hell's going on? <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, for some reason, the ECW crowd loved Kurt Angle, the wrestling machine. Um, I didn't have any problems. I guess I never fucked up or, <laughs> or missed the spot while I was wrestling for ECW. So I didn't get to hear those, but I heard that they're pretty rowdy. They're very passionate fans. And, uh, you know, I remember when I wrestled Randy, they were chanting the whole night. They were on fire. It was just, uh, you know, it was a different breed of a crowd. It was, it was pretty awesome. Well, you, you can't fuck up. If you go to uh, physicallyfit.com. that's pretty awesome. Especially if you use our promo code, Angle Pod. look at you, man, didn't have to turn or nothing. Bam. There it is. The sweet barbecue. Uh, you know, Jim Ross and I were just talking about this the other day. I didn't know this, but Jim's got some chicken snacks. He used the promo code angle pod. He got 20% off the whole order. And I said, Jim, what are you doing? Kurt would have sent you yours for free. Uh, but right. at home you can get yours right now for 20% off at physicallyfit.com. Now what you'll do is click where to buy and you'll see right there that you can have stores near you. I've got one just two miles from my house, but I still opt to have it delivered because I want the 20% off. So if you click buy online, 
you'll see all the different flavors and you don't just have chicken snacks. You've got a plant protein. Tell them about it, Kurt. That is snack smart. It's our organic plant protein. It's the same, uh, flavors as chicken snacks. It's just organic plant protein. So we have two options for you. You can order them at physicallyfit.com. Use promo code angle code angle code 20 and you get 20% off your entire order, no matter how much or how little you order. That's exactly right. That promo code again is angle pod and you'll get 20% off your entire order. You can get physically fit snack smart. Uh, you're talking brown sugar, cinnamon with pretzels. You're talking honey mustard with pretzel pieces, sour cream and onion with bagel pieces and rice sticks, or your favorite Kurt, a spicy Buffalo and blue cheese. And I think you actually prefer the chicken snack version. And you were telling us before that has the most protein and the least sugar. Is that right? It has, it has the most protein. All of them have uh, close to the same amount of protein, but some of them have a few more carbohydrates in it. Cause we add some pretzel uh, bites and, you know, peanuts and stuff. Um, but, but the, the Buffalo wild, wild Buffalo and blue cheese is just strictly, uh, the chicken snacks. So there's nothing added in it. So it's a lot cleaner protein, less carbs. By the way, though, if you want a snack for the kids, can we recommend the cinnamon swirl hard enough? Mrs. Orton loves it. Your kids love it. Mrs. Angle likes it. Everybody loves cinnamon swirl. Yeah. My kids absolutely love it. My wife does too. They're they're They taste like cinnamon toast crunch cereal. And, uh, they also have pretzel bits inside of them too. It's flying off the shelves right now. And you need to try it to see why Kung Pao, Sriracha, sweet barbecue, cinnamon swirl, jalapeno ranch, pizza, Buffalo wing. There's something for everybody. It's physically fit.com. And uh, don't forget to use that promo code angle pot, get 20% off Kurt. I just looked at the site. There's a couple of flavors sold out. Business must be good over at physicallyfit.com. Yes, but we're, we're having a hard time manufacturing right now. So we were sold out of a couple of different items and we're not able to be getting made for a couple of weeks. So, uh, the, the orders were a bit surprising. We got a lot more orders than we expected to, but we'll be back on track by the end of this week and we'll have more, um, product in store in our storage. So we'll be able to send them out to you regardless whether you order today or not. So by the time you hear this, it's there, but I guess what I'm getting at is we want to thank you guys for supporting this. The best way to support our show is to go to physicallyfit.com and pick up some chicken snacks. I want to be clear. We do have great sponsors here on their show and we want you to support all of them, but this isn't just a sponsor. This is Kurt Angle's company. And so the best way to support us is to support chicken snacks and pick it up at physicallyfit.com. Use that promo code AnglePod. Get 20% off your entire order. And I want to mention too, the list price is only $9.99. So when you get your 20% discount, it's eight bucks, but there's seven servings per bag. So it's not like you're running in the gas station and you're getting a single serve snack or a bag of peanuts that you can down right fast. This is a big bag with seven servings, right, Kurt? Yeah, seven servings. Uh, every bag has seven servings and, uh, it's relatively cheap. The, the nine ninety nine is relatively cheap for seven servings, especially when you get 20% off. Come on. You're talking like a buck a serving. You can't get that deal anywhere else. Check it out right now. Physicallyfit.com. angle pod gets you 20% off. I also want to mention Kurt is your hookup. If you're looking for Kurt angle t-shirts or video messages or birthday cards or autograph collectibles, not just eight by tens, but birthday cards for the special wrestling fan in your life, 
How about a cowboy hat or a milk carton? But maybe my favorite thing, because not everybody does this. There is a special autograph request button over at Kurt Angle, KurtAnglebrand.com. And if you have an old title belt or an old picture of you and Kurt, you'll actually sign it for him, right, Kurt? Yes, I'll sign it for a small donation, send it to the address on the website, and I'll get it back to you. I want to mention, too, we've got a very special episode coming up next week. I can't believe it's finally here. When you and I first started doing the pod, I knew that I wanted to do this, but I wanted to do it on David's birthday. Next week is Mr. David Schultz's birthday. And if you don't know the full Fox catcher story or who David was to Kurt angle, you need to tune in next week. It's going to be a total departure from what we've been doing. And listen, even if you're just quote unquote, just a pro wrestling fan, you don't want to miss this. I think it's one of the most fascinating stories in all of sports. There's been multiple movies and documentaries and specials about it, but Kurt's going to tell his story in long form right here next week. Give the fans an idea of who Mr. Schultz was to you in real life, Kurt. Dave Schultz was a friend, a mentor, and a coach. He was the best wrestler I've ever known. Uh, he was a world champion, Olympic gold medalist, a couple-time NCAA champion, and he learned eight languages in eight different countries so he could learn technique from wrestlers throughout the world. He was the best technician in the world, and he was the best coach in the world. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss this. So even if you think, ah, he wasn't a pro wrestler, I don't want to hear it, this is a story that you won't believe. And you can hear it in Kurt's own words next week, right here on the Kurt angle show. And in two weeks, we're doing something. I can't wait for, we're going to do a watch along your street fight with Shane McMahon from King of the ring, 2001. This has got to be one of the most talked about matches of your entire career, right? Kurt. It's what everybody talks about when they bring up my career. They, the first thing they say is you and Shane McMahon, King of the ring, 2001 street fight. That was awesome. And they're right. It, it was an awesome match. And I want to talk in further detail about it. I want to explain today why it was so awesome, but you will find out if you watch the episode, of the Kurt angle show, check it out. You get these shows early and ad free over at adfreeshows.com, And you get the video that's adfreeshows.com. And I want to mention we're doing a watch along of that match. And I don't think Kurt has ever done alternate commentary on the entire match. It's going to happen right here in just two weeks. Uh, if you want to interact with the show, or you've got a question about that match, find us on Twitter. It's at the angle pod. And you can ask a question right there about the match with Shane and the street fight. Uh, the rest of the month of June looks really strong too. We're going to talk about one night stand of six, which we alluded to earlier. Uh, Kurt believes that's his very best match he had in ECW and what a hostile environment it was in front of. We'll also talk about Randy Orton a little more, his Vengeance 2006 match. And, uh, of course, as we roll into the month of July, we're going to do something pretty fun. The debut of the Cowboy Hats from July 5th, 2001. We're going to watch an old Monday Night Raw with Kurt. I, I enjoy watching wrestling with you, Kurt, so these watch-alongs are going to be a lot of fun. They are a lot of fun. We did one already, and it was a blast. I had so much fun doing it. It was a lot of fun with you, Conrad. Well, stay tuned, boys and girls. The best is yet to come. We've got more interviews coming your way and some very special stuff. We've got big plans that we don't want to tease just yet, but uh, we're getting next week started with a big special celebration. We're talking about the life and times of Mr. David Schultz and the uh, impact he had on Kurt's life is immeasurable. Stay tuned next week right here to the Kurt Angle Show. Love talking about my friend, Steven Singer, you know, the competition really hates him. He makes the experience of buying a diamond better and better, and he makes it fun. Steven is the very first to offer each and every guest, the perfect price. 
That's right. Have you ever wondered if you're getting the best price? Are you uncomfortable negotiating? Head to Steven Singer Jewelers and you're guaranteed to get the perfect price. You'll never pay more than the person next to you. Here's a little insider tip. Most jewelers mark their merchandise way up just to mark it down to make you feel like you're getting a deal. The person next to you may be paying less. Do you want an important purchase like diamond jewelry to be based on your negotiating skills? Not the case at Steven Singer. Because at Steven Singer Jewelers, you're guaranteed to get the perfect price all day, every day, 365 days a year. That's why we trust Steven Singer. It makes the experience of buying a diamond so easy. Check out Steven Singer Jewelers at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Steven Singer Jewelers, one place, one price. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. I'm not going very far. I'm in a rush. It's too uncomfortable. Sometimes I just forget. Don't kid yourself. There's no such thing as a good excuse for not buckling up. If you've used any of these excuses or any others, you're putting yourself at risk of injury or death. In 2019, nearly 10,000 people were unbuckled when they were killed in crashes. That's 43% of people killed in motor vehicle crashes that were not wearing seatbelts. No matter what kind of vehicle you drive, Wearing your seatbelt is the best defense in a crash. Even when you sit in the back seat, you still need to buckle up. That goes for when you ride in taxis or use ride sharing services too. Law enforcement are on the lookout and writing tickets. So why take the risk? Seatbelts save lives. So do the smart thing and buckle up every trip day or night. Click it or ticket paid for by NHTSA. All right, real quick, before we get out of here, I got to say it one last time. I want to save you money. Stop what you're doing and rush over to SaveWithConrad.com. This is going to be the best summer ever. Just ask Miguel in Plainsville, Ohio. He left us a five-star review at ConradReviews.com, and it said this. Big thank you to Conrad and his team. I enjoyed my experience working with First Family Mortgage. Jimmy was there anytime I had any questions. He was just a text message away. Saving money and refinancing my home couldn't have been any easier. Miguel's saving a whole bunch of cash, and you can too right now. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And if we can't save you some cash, we won't waste your time. But I do want to mention, this isn't just for refinancing. Maybe you've outgrown your current home or you're tired of throwing your money away on rent. First Family Mortgage can help you get into your next house fast and easy at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And oh yeah, no house payments for two months. Come on, let's make this the best summer ever with a little summer vacation from house payments. Save with Conrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Woo! Hey, everybody. This is Dan Bespris, host of Fantasy NBA Today, a daily fantasy basketball podcast. We cover every box score from every game every day. Plus bonus shows on buy low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network, on YouTube or wherever you listen.